Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit. I'm your host, David Jennings, and in this session, we're going to be chatting with Michael Slowinski. He's an author of a couple of books. uh, One's titled It's All About Passion, and the other one is No Office Apps. He runs a company called Noseby, and that's actually how he caught my attention because he's built this great company and team and culture. They've got 30 staff all scattered across seven different countries, three different continents in different time zones. They are a virtual team and they've been working like this for over 10 years. Now, when you consider that he has over um, a half a million people using the suite of productivity apps that they've built, it kind of gets you thinking about how you're building teams and what more efficient ways there might be once you can sort of improve communication and get some of these systems and processes in place. They've got a great philosophy as well, which is all about just getting things done and keeping things as simple as possible. So it's with great pleasure that I get to introduce Michael to the summit. Michael, thanks for making the time. Uh, Thanks, David. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Fantastic. So, Michael, I know you're going to share with us a little bit about your system for efficient communication in teams and also what you call your pyramid of communication. So I'm just thinking just before we dive into that, or maybe as a way to get started, if you can tell us a little bit about some of the challenges and problems that you see business owners have around communication and how these tools and strategies and systems that you've got help to overcome some of those. And then we can kind of go a bit more step by step through your approach. As a growing business... I've started my, you know, Nosby uh, as a, as a one-man shop. There's the whole evolution right there. You know, you, you do everything and then you start delegating stuff and, and just start developing a team. And, and with all that, uh, you start developing new, you know, habits, uh, recording uh, 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 meetings and, you know, and how you communicate and, and on the channels of communication. And of course, in a small team, very often it's not really structured. So you just send a message through here, but then you reply through the other thing and then you send an email, like it's a mess. And as long as we improvise and try to, you know, get the hang of it, it's, it's fine. But at some point, like at around, you know, 20 people or something like that, then things get out of whack. Because if you just rely on word of mouth, on just agreeing more or less how you communicate, then you, you just don't know where to find the latest information, where is the, you know, where's the latest version of the document, where's the latest version of anything. I think nowadays this you know expectation from people to just be always on all the time it's you know you you chat all the time there's slack there are just you know whatsapp there facebook messenger whatever so you just are constantly on and this also is very challenging because you know you want to be on top of things as the business owner but if you're on top of things all the time you have no time to really work on your business to really think strategically you just keep replying and responding and just you know it's all a mess Yeah, it's the most common problem that I see is well when people try and bridge from that really small business and they're starting to cross over and it it's strange because the problem creeps up. It's it's not something that you go to bed one night and your email communication and communication with the team is perfect and then you wake up the next day and it's horrible and everything's a mess. It all just creeps up over time and before you know it, you've kind of created this mess that's then very hard to start to unravel. 
And especially, you know, you very quickly start because you want to be on top of things. So we start creating meetings with people because you think the meeting is the solution because, you know, when you meet, you talk about stuff, it's nice and everything. But then you start having so many meetings, again, that it takes so much of your time. And it takes time from your employees that, you know, your, you know, coworkers that should be working on stuff. So with that, you know, I've seen this all over the place, like the inability to handle these meetings and to have too many and then, then just drop meetings entirely, then coming back. It's, yeah, it's a mess. And that's why uh, over the years, we, I, I think we have coming from productivity background, we've, I think we've figured out a, like, more or less a way how to keep it under control and, and still keep iterating on it and making it better. Yeah. Now I'm, yeah, intrigued to know what this method is. And that's the, the pyramid of communication or, or how, yeah, maybe you start to talk us through the concept. Yeah, so go through. Like, exactly. So this concept evolved, you know, because the good thing about being in productivity space is that you always have this review part, right? So for example, if you've read the book by David Allen, Getting Things Done, you know that uh, he really highlights this idea of weekly review. So every week you should review your system, you review your tasks, your projects, and then be prepared for next week. So we've taken this, this concept in our company to a different level that after some period of time, we do a review, like a review of our processes, review of our stuff. Like we really take this time to review what, how we're doing, what we're doing, and then we learn from that. So over these years, we've kind of developed this kind of concept of pyramid of communication because we realized, especially in an all-remote team, that what we like about being remote is the fact that there is nobody else in the room. So you can really focus on your work. That's why I think we kind of appreciate more the time, you know, that we have on our own just to work, to write an article, to write you know, code, to prepare a concept or whatever. And this is what should be the basis of all work. Like, you know, you hire people to do stuff, not to meet with them. You hire people to do stuff. So that's why the basis of this pyramid of communication, that, that let's call it, is the deep work, is this moment where you allow your employees, your coworkers, yourself, you know, to spend two, three hours in deep work, immersed in your work. And this is like the, the basis of things. So, so you use, use your best tools, your apps, you know, designers use their Photoshop, you know, coders use their coding stuff, you know, marketers write stuff or analyze data. And this is deep work. And this is like the most important thing. This is why you hire people. You hire people because they're of their intellectual capabilities and you hire them because you want them to get stuff done. And this is like the basic for level one. On top of that, there is the, another level, which is feedback loop. And this is what, what I mentioned, that once you've done something, I mean, you spent two hours, three hours on some concept, you want feedback from other people. And this is the tricky part. Because very often what people would do is they want the feedback right away. So like, you know, I wrote an article for you, David, I'm showing it to you and I don't even let you read it. I'm just, what do you think? What do you think? You know, and it shouldn't be like this. I should write this article, send it to you in, in some sort of way. And then you should tell me, okay, Michael, I got this. I'll give you feedback once I'm done with my stuff. So this is the second part of this pyramid. So it's really important that people develop these habits that, you know, I've done one my thing. I've asked David for feedback. I trust David. David at some point will look at it, will read it thoroughly, will give me good feedback and will get back to me. So I think this is where people should, you know, should really learn their patience. You know, like, you know, I've done it because the thing is, I also need your brains. I need your good feedback. 
I don't want just your first impression of my article. I want you to really read it and really tell me like, what you like, what you don't like, you know, where I should improve. And for example, for that, we use many of these apps like, you know, like Google Docs or Dropbox Paper, where I just put the article and you can comment on a phrase, comment on a, you know, something that just, like, you, you can really, co- we really collaborate. But we call this in our company, asynchronous collaboration. So yeah. it's not in sync. You know, you are not giving me real-time feedback. You're taking your time to really study what I've just prepared for you. And then you'll give feedback to me. And again, in this, when you look at the pyramid concept, so we spent most of the time in deep work because this is where we really produce the work, but we spent quite a lot of time on giving feedback to others because, you know, we don't work alone and, you know, I want to make sure that my article is great. So I want your approval first and your feedback first before I like, finish it, right? So this is like, these are the first two levels. And this yes. is for me, like the groundwork of the pyramid of communication. These two, these two levels, the deep work, and then the, the asynchronous, you know, the feedback. Loop. Yes. Because, you know, we have also found out, again, speaking from experience, that very often, first, we get impatient with getting feedback. We want the feedback right away. And second thing, because of that, we get crappy feedback. You know, we don't get the thorough feedback. And really, like with this example of this article, David, I want to make sure that you really read it, that you really, you know, give me your best input on what I just wrote for you. So that's that's level number two. Then there's level number three, which is a real-time chat. So this is the like real-time, this is the moment where I, where we just, I don't know the details. So for example, in the case of this article, the article, you know, you gave me feedback. I took it. I improved the article. I sent you again for additional feedback. And then, you know, we're almost ready. So we can use chat to just, you know, I don't know the last details. And I'm going to ask you some questions. Maybe, David, why didn't you like this part? Didn't tell me, okay, because of that and whatever. And this is the moment where we get some real-time collaboration. Real-time because we don't want to waste more time on, you know, waiting for you, waiting for me. We just know like, we're almost ready, right? This is the num- level number three. And again, for that, we can use like, Slack or, you know, chat applications. And this is great. As you've noticed, it's level three. This is not level one and level two. So you shouldn't, shouldn't yeah. be spending so much time in chatting. And this is where people get it, get it wrong people, because people very often spend too much time chatting and <laughs> too little you know, time doing. And we are big fans of chatting instead of talking, you know, because first of all, you know, we are a remote company, so it's kind of hard to just go to somebody and talk to them. But on the other hand, if it's, it's chat, again, there is some trace of the conversation. So other people can also chime in. They can jump in on the conversation. And then also we can refer people back to the conversation that you had. In the case of just, you know, having an office and just talking to people right, right, right like this, you know, we have a chat, David, we talk, but then somebody else from the company, you know, doesn't know what we want, doesn't know what we, what we agreed mm-hmm. on. And there is no trace. So I would stick, that's why we have this third level of real-time chat with collaboration and as, you know, as the third level. And only the fourth level is one-on-one conversation. This is where, you know, where we just, this is the moment, for example, where I sent you the article, you gave me some feedback, I didn't get it, we tried to, in the chat, but I'm like, you know, let's just talk, I'm going to call you. And so in, in my company, what we do is um, we first use chat to ask, you know, David, uh, can I call you now or maybe in 15 minutes, are you available? And you tell me, like, you know, call me in an hour. Okay, then in an hour, I'm going to call you. You usually use Zoom, so the same software that we're using right now. And then we, we talk and we don't know the details. This is where, for example, some people just didn't understand something. You know, you, for example, didn't know why I wanted to write about this kind of part or why I insist this paragraph where you think it's not relevant or something. So as you can see, mm. the pyramid is going like this. So the idea 
is that we spend most of the time in deep work, lots of time in feedback as well, but less time, and then less time in chat, less time in one-on-one, and the least time in meetings. Yes. This is the last part of the pyramid because meetings, as you know, they involve many more people. And if you, you know, sum up their salaries, meetings are pretty expensive. And very often business owners, especially business owners, owners like us, like small business owners, we don't understand that we are like really throwing away lots of money on meetings because we think, you know, it's just like, let's just talk for an hour, like six of us, right? But, you know, if you summarize the hourly salary of all these people times six, it's an expensive, you know, meeting. Right? So it's an expensive um, endeavor, actually. That's why meetings should be the last resort and they should be really planned strategically. So we do a meeting when we really need a meeting. And before a meeting, there has to be an agenda. So you have to know what you'll be talking about. And for example, in our case, we have regular meetings on calendar. I have meetings with my direct reports on Mondays. I have meetings with my design team on Tuesdays. And it's every week. But before the meeting, one day before the meeting, there should be an agenda for the meeting. Like, what are we going to talk about? What are the subjects? And links to articles or blog posts or whatever, like the information that we can learn before the meeting to make sure that we, are, we come to meeting prepared right? If there is no agenda, we cancel the meeting. So it's done. Like, so we should have this meeting on Tuesdays, but you know, un- until Monday evening, there is nothing for the meeting. So we just decide on, on a chat. Okay, guys, we have no agenda for tomorrow. So there is no meeting tomorrow. Okay, good. On to next week. So again, in the beginning, we would do more meetings because we, you know, we like the meetings and especially in all remote company, I like meeting people even via video. It's, it's always fun, you know, to see the faces and talk to people. Of course, it's fun. But on the other hand, if there's no agenda, we are wasting our people's time. So let's just skip the meeting, prepare agenda for next one, and then, then talk next when we're really ready and prepared. Because you should come to the meeting with already some opinions. And on the meeting, you should just, you know, fight over things, actually, with your opinions and the other person's opinions, and then clash. But to do that, you have to be prepared. Yes. I'd love to go through a few questions at each of the different stages. I love that gives like a really good overview of that framework. And if we think of starting off at that base level, so work is getting assigned and that's what's effectively dictating what that deep work would be. And that's the majority of someone's day. And then that is getting assigned and obviously coming from potentially a another team member or a, a team leader or something like that. It's, it's de- decided up front or maybe it's dependent on the role, what that deep work is, or here's the KPI that this yeah, particular yeah. member is meaning to deliver on. So therefore, this is the important deep work. Yeah. In a team like, like ours, like 20 something people, 30 people, like people have the autonomy to decide on, on themselves. Okay. I'm going to focus on that. And, yes. and then they just, they just report to whoever they report to, like, you know, I'm going to focus on this and this and this stuff for this week. So, and then this way, you know, you know that they are working on that stuff. So, yeah. So Good. it comes from somebody or it comes from within, you know, that somebody wants to focus on that because they, they understand that this is needed for the company right now. And something like that as well, like knowing where things are going to be stored. Obviously, that identification and capturing is happening in, you know, Nosby or some sort of project management software. where Exactly. You- here is what I'm working on. And then it's quite visible for other people to go, I can see what deep work you've got. Yeah. And here's my sales pitch, but not only for my app, but for any app 
that is not an email. So my yeah. sales pitch is that you should be using some kind of project management, task management stuff. Yes. You can use Nosby or you can use any other tool, like whatever rocks your boat. But it's great to have that things, as you said, these projects and these tasks captured in that system instead of relying on email. Because this is another mistake that very like, small business owners and small businesses are doing, that they, they think that email is their inbox. Email is their project management you know, software. It's not. You know, because in email, you get newsletters, you get everything else. So my pitch is don't use email for collaboration. For internal collaboration, use project management, task management software, you know, whatever, whichever you want, but use that and just ban emails entirely within the company. You yes. use email still with, you know, like I, I emailed you, we, em- we email each other. So I use email for external communication, but I don't use email within. I, I've, I don't remember last time I emailed anyone on my team for anything because yeah. we put stuff in tasks in projects you know we comment on those there so this way for example when there is a project you can visibly see who's working on which one which task so it's really like you don't have to ask you can just go mm-hmm. to your system and just see what, what's there that's why i would really encourage you know any business owner to go there to just completely ban email communication and have this internal communication within these project management systems because there are so many right now you know that yeah. i'm i'm happy to have so many competitors this market is right now very, very, very nice. So you can choose any type of app you want, but it's great to have that in a different place. Mm-hmm. And then all these you know, apps have, we have you know, mobile platform, I mean, mobile apps and all that stuff. So we can have access to all that stuff. And it really, it's so much better to just get off email then. Then your people will not be emailing stuff. Attachments will not get lost. The same goes with collaboration on code or writing. You should also use the modern tools. So again, it's my another sales pitch. For long you know, writing, for example, you can use you know, Google Docs, uh, Dropbox Paper, this kind of stuff to get feedback from people. You can use GitHub you know, for code and not only for code, but also for writing to have feedback from other people. So there are many like, decentralized like, cloud tools to collaborate which, first of all, you see exactly the changes that they've made, suggestions, you can comment, you can, you know, just fight over there. But this way, you know, you don't have the problem of, I forgot to send you the last version of this Word document or this Excel document or whatever. Like, this is so old school. This is, you know, we shouldn't be using that anymore. The way that I imagine it as well, you've got all of these different tools and the project management tool, let's say Nosby, is the center hub. And then you link off. You're still... Exactly a center place to be able to say who is doing what by when and know that any team member, whether it's a peer, whether it's a project manager, they can jump in and they can get up to speed with where something is at without things going missing or oftentimes, you know, people forget who's doing what. And that's a 100% agree businesses need project management tools. So I feel like that base level of the pyramid deep work getting controlled through a project management makes sense. And then that really, the next level up about the asynchronous communication, that's effectively what your project management software does because you do the deep work and then you assign that task back to your supervisor to get that asynchronous communication. Do you have any other insights around the asynchronous communication? It's probably going to depend on what task is being assigned, but you did mention one thing is just having enough space and making sure that someone can do it when they can actually give it some thought so their feedback is meaningful. Exactly. So, so the idea is this. You are being assigned a task and you can comment on a task. So you comment on some people, like for example, the supervisor just irons out the details, like what they want from you. And then you say, okay, got it. I'll take care of it today. 
and then you work on it. And then your supervisor knows you're working on it. They trust you, you work on it. And then once you've done it, you write in the comment to this task, okay, I've done it. I like, here's link or to this, or here's the link to that. As you mentioned, you know, you can like then post links to, to what you've done. And then you delegate the task back to them. And this way, this way, and, and that's it. You don't push them right now, you know, check it out, whatever. No, you just delegate the task. You know that once they will get a notification that if they've received the task, the task is waiting, you know, on their task mm. list, you know, to be taken care of. So, and so it's not only about the, the system, the project management system, the task management system, but it's also about trust and respect. So knowing that the moment I delegate the task to you, I trust you, David, you'll take care of it. Maybe not today, maybe not now, but you'll take care of it. And if you can, for example, you know that you're swamped, you will tell me in the comment to this task, I'm swamped right now with the other stuff. I'm going to take care of it in two days, if that's fine with you. I'm like, okay, good. So again, this way we know we're on the same page. You know that it, now is your turn to, to, to check it out. I know when to expect that. And I think this also creates like a nice connection that, you know, we trust each other and we tell each other, frankly, you know, what's the situation, mm. you know, what I've done, when I can expect something from you. And it's not, you know, I want to highlight, it's not urgent. It's not like, you know, tell me now, David, tell me now, tell me now. It's, this yes. is yours. I know, I trust you, you're going to deal with that. And I think this kind of trust and work together, it takes some time to be established in the company because people are just too much used to urgent right now. Tell me now. And we should teach people this patience and this trust and in respecting other people's boundaries to do their, their, their best work. And that almost sounds like as the culture of the company starts to grow and it'll come from top management, oftentimes that type of thing filters yeah. down of setting the right culture of respecting team members, you know, that mutual respect, integrity to say, if you're going to do something, you get it done. And if you can't get it done, you at least communicate at the first point at which you know, hey, I have to have an extra week to do this, or I need a few days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think building that culture is key. And, and already I can see in this pyramid, the higher up, like the aim of the game is to not necessarily have a task move to that next level. Not everything goes all the way through. You might exactly. not some tasks out at this second stage of asynchronous communication. But if you do need to elevate, then we kind of move to that level three, which is then the chatting. And, and you mentioned about Slack or, you know, Skype or however the company does the, yeah. the chatting. Yeah. Do you have any sort of suggestions around how that works? So you mentioned you like it typed because then there's some mm. form of record. How does it differ, I suppose, from the asynchronous communication? Is it just the speed and the nuance is quicker or... Yeah, it's, it's, it's usually what I found out is like when we're abusing it, when we think that we need that kind of real-time communication for every task. And as you mentioned, not every task needs that, needs this escalation. Because if I write my article, you give me thorough comments on my article, I know exactly what to do. There is no need for us to chat about it. Like I got feedback from you. I'm good. I'm, I'm coming back to my deep work and I'm just finishing based on your feedback. So it's fine. But sometimes... What should escalate there is like when you're almost done and, and you still have some doubts or some, you know, some last minute changes or like some last minute doubts, last minute decisions, you know, David, uh, I'm going to use this phrase instead of that because I think this just captures it better. And like, yeah, I think it's a good idea. So this is like these moments when I'm, I'm almost done and you kind of want to help me out, get it done. So we, you know, start chatting just to make sure that we, we got it. But the moment we have it, <laughs> we should stop. <laughs> so, so that's, that's the idea. So I found that very, so very often, really, in this last stage of just 
almost shipping the work that you need, yeah. like, you know, iron out the, la- the last details uh, or just, you know, sometimes you're not, you want to just ask your supervisor to be just to, to stay on the safe side, you know, just, you know, yeah. uh, David, can I really say that? Or, or you think it's just too much? And then you're like, okay, you know, let's do this. And then, or not, let's just rephrase this. So these are like the last moments. But, and that's why I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, stress that people are abusing this chatting thing because chatting is nice. I write, you reply, and it's, we're, we're good, you know, we're good friends here. But then, again, we're not working. You cannot focus on some other stuff while you're chatting with me, you know? Uh, so, so another tip that I would give to people is um, to try to structure the day of your work in such a way that, for example, you wake up in the morning and you get to work and try to focus on the deep work and the feedback. Mm-hmm. So on the first stages of the pyramid, you know, until noon or something like that. And then, because this is what, you know, it's been proven over and over again that this is the best part. Your brain is at, the, at your best in the morning. So focus on that. And then afternoon, get involved in chat. You know, go to, chat, to Slack, go to chat and see if you can give some real-time feedback to other people or you can maybe schedule a phone call if you really need to just go to this fourth stage. So try to do it like this. You know, we also try to put our meetings also a little bit, you know, noon or closer to noon or afternoon because this way in the morning we have the time to do some deep work and then we can have the meeting. So I would try to push, you know, level three, four, and five, if necessary, to like later in the day, because mm-hmm. then, then, then you're not that focused anyway. And actually, you, then you crave more human connection anyway. So, you know, and then you, like, what I do very often is at 12, I, I prepare myself uh, another cup of coffee, and then I just go and check email, check Slack, and then reply to people. It's, and it's also a rewarding experience, so it's fine. When we move up to that second last stage, the the one-on-one stuff, from a virtual perspective, I think, I mean, this pyramid could work in any type of business. Being a virtual business, you don't get the chance necessarily to be in the room, but this is where we're saying, right, maybe it's Zoom, but it's more of a face-to-face. So, it's communication. I'm assuming because we're getting further up the pyramid, we're aiming to solve more, you know, more specific particular questions, and there should be fewer of them because we're solving all the big exactly. things. Exactly, we're moving up to the top. So, are there any tips around those meetings? Like, is it? Do you think about what needs to be spoken about prior to having the meeting? So, as I mentioned, the meetings should be prepared. So, th- this is what I mentioned already. But uh, oh, sorry, to- not meeting the one-on-one rather. Yeah, so the one, so the one-on-one yeah. as well. So, yeah. uh, if I want to talk to you. As well, I should tell you, David, let's chat about this article that I wrote because I have some, some questions and I think it's going to be faster if we just chat, uh, talk about it. And then I'm asking, when are you available? And this is key, again, respecting other people's time. You know? And that's why I think for us it's easier because we're all remote, because there is a temptation. Like If you're David, you're sitting next to me or right behind me or something, I'm just going to walk to you. you know? it's, just, it's so easy. But then I'm interrupting you. I don't know what you're doing. You might be really immersed in something and I'm just going to just walk to you. Hey, David, I need this right now. So I would encourage people who have offices, who have physical offices to really also uh, ask, you know, when can I talk to you instead of just walking to them? Because I think it's just more respectful. And again, let them finish what they're doing, you know? And then, so very often, this is the thing. First of all, let them finish what they're doing. Second, tell them what you're going to be talking about. So just saying, you know, hey, David, I need to talk to you about something. It's not really constructive because you don't know what to expect. You're not ready for this conversation. There's no way for, for you to prepare for that. 
I would, you know, encourage, you know, David, let's talk about this article or let's talk about that or let's talk about the other thing. If you remember, you know, I wrote about this here or if you remember this way, I can get you prepared. So this way, when we really have a one-on-one conversation, again, we've already done the prep work so we can really just use it to decide on things, to really decide on, like make the final decisions or, or have a fight about it, you know, and try to convince each other, but, but, but convince each other knowing, you know, being prepared. So that's one of, the, one of the tips that works for us. And recently on one of the conferences, I was on GTD Summit. There was a conference uh, by David Allen. Somebody noted something which, which we felt instinctively was right, but now they put some scientific proof around it, that when you have a meeting, especially like, uh, so one-on-one as well, it's actually useful to spend like the first five minutes just chatting just about anything. You know, so, so David, how is Australia? How is, you know, how is weather in Australia right now? So this is, you know, five minutes just about anything. So just what, what we did before this presentation, we just started, you know, talking, you know, establishing some nice connection. And then it's been proven that then when we discuss like big stuff, we're yeah. more efficient. We're just more focused, you know, like the connection is better. So we are just, you know, we feel each other more. So I think another suggestion, both for one-on-one and for um, bigger meetings it's okay to spend the first five, 10 minutes just chatting about stuff, weather or whatever, like, you know, rocks your boat, but then dive into the agenda or about the stuff that you really want to, to discuss. Yeah, perfect. And then we're saving and reserving that final point in the pyramid only for the, the most crucial and critical things and you want to do it as least as possible. One of the things that you mentioned was making sure that you have an agenda prepared prior and, and it made me think of, uh, Jeff Bezos talks about he whenever he runs a meeting, he'll re- prepare uh, a memo first and he makes everybody read the memo in the meeting because he wants to make sure effectively they've read whatever the topic of discussion is. So then they're most effective. So I think that idea of reserving meetings and he's, he's also a big prom- proponent of reducing and, and avoiding meetings because of the cost both straight to the bottom line and also, you know, in time and energy and and all the rest of it that all kind of adds up. Do you have any other particular points about those meetings and how to run them effectively? Yeah. So one thing, as I mentioned, we try to have the agenda one day before. Yes. Because this way, as you mentioned, this way people have the time to read it. So very often, like for example, we have this meeting at, so this design, for example, we have design meeting every Tuesday at, at noon every Tuesday at noon. And so, so we have to have agenda until Monday evening. So in the Monday afternoon. This way, on Tuesday morning, everybody has the time to read through the agenda points. So it's not only about having the agenda, so having the points to talk about, but actually links to articles, links to you know, something that we wrote. So very often what happens is that in the morning, we discuss these things in comments asynchronously. So on, on level two. So, for example, somebody published a proposal for the new version of Nosby, right? So, a new, I don't know, new feature of Nosby, right? So, for example, for example, we had this call discussion about comments, how the comments should be structured, if they should be going up or going down. There was a big fight over that. So, what I did, for example, I prepared the whole article, the whole, like, you know, story, why I think the com- comments should be like this and not like that, gave examples from other chat programs and project management programs and, you know, like with all this. This way, people had the time to actually study this, give me feedback already there in the document, mm. so on the level two, asynchronously. So this way, when we really reached the meeting at 12 o'clock, we were all really prepared because I already could digest their feedback as well. 
So right, like, like half an hour before the meeting, I went back, back to my document and checked all the comments that were posted by other people. I replied to some of them, but most of all, I just you know, digested them. And this way, I was really prepared for the meeting even more because kind of we had this pre-meeting on level two before the meeting. You know? So not mm -hmm. only having the memo, but actually having the memo where you can comment on the memo is even more useful. So th this is something that we we're using a lot. So uh, this way, we spend, again, more time on level two, and then the meeting is even more effective because we've already had our feedback and our comments. And so I know exactly what people are thinking before we start the conversation. Yeah, look, I think this pyramid structure, I mean, it just makes sense as you talk through it right now. And I think a lot of people will resonate with it. I think one of the things I love to see, particularly when you, you hear about you know, SaaS founders building things, particularly, I mean, you're in the productivity space, and then to have a discussion like this just gives me the confidence to go that it's, it's built on very solid foundations because it's <laughs> this level of thinking that we know now is built into a platform that then gives a great result. So rather than just banging together some code, I love this framework. So I think in the tail end, I don't know if there are any final points you want to cover just about the, the pyramid itself. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Jeff Bezos, and Jeff Bezos said one thing, you know, right now Jeff Bezos is the new Mark Twain, like everything is attributed to him. But so Jeff Bezos, I think he and Steve Jobs, they both mentioned that they are also quickly to change their mind if they are being convinced. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes uh, Jeff Bezos, had, uh, he nailed this thing that disagree and commit. So for example, I, as, as the CEO of the company, can, may, for example, not agree with some concept but the rest of the team is behind it. They say, you know, Michael, we should try this. This is, you know, a thing. And I'm like, I don't like this. But if you all say it's great and you are prepared to do this, okay, I'm committed. Let's do this, right? And I think when you structure this communication like this, when you have these meetings with agenda, with all this thing prepared, as I mentioned, when you have all that, it's easier for you as the leader of the company to really either change your mind because you're being convinced of something or really make sure that, that you're right. Because very often we, as business owners, we think that we've got all the answers and we don't. This is why we hire brilliant people because the brilliant people should convince us otherwise very often. And it's very often when I enter a meeting, like a, like a design uh, meeting, for example, where I have some ideas, but then already uh, before the meeting, I already have doubts about these ideas because I see comments from other people. And then on the meeting, they convince me otherwise. So sometimes like, I'm defending something in the beginning of the meeting, but then I'm defending the opposite thing at the end of the meeting. And it's fine. You know, it's okay. But thanks to this structure and thanks to the preparation, I'm able to do it. You know, my ego doesn't get in the way. It's like, I'm right. I'm freaking Michael. I, of course I'm right. You know? <laughs> no, I'm just, I have the time to digest it, to study all this, to study all cons and pros and cons from the, from the team. So this way, when we are ironing out the last details, I can really, you know, I can have my, and it's okay. <laughs> you know? So um, I feel like that, again, it comes back to the culture that you're building inside your organization as well, that it's okay for ideas and good ideas to come from anywhere. It doesn't need to just come from the business owner. And then exactly. really your your main goal is is to serve the business and have the business have the best outcome, not necessarily for you to rule with an iron fist or be correct all, all <laughs> the time, but rather, yeah, the best result for the company is actually the best result for the greater good. 
Yeah, and uh, so like one of the concepts again, so uh, last tip for the meetings, uh, let's say, was this concept, um, so with this design meeting, for example, the design meeting is, it consists of six people, time the same six people in the, uh, from the company, two designers, product manager, uh, head of customer support, sorry, seven people, uh, one programmer and me. So, uh, and the thing is that because, and, and this meeting, for example, it's a, these people are like, you know, we're like king authors, you know, knights. So everybody has the same say at the table. There is no, I cannot pull out the, the boss card or whatever. We all come, you know, to talk about, as you said, the better version of our app, better version of how we can serve our customers better. So, and this is the main goal. So my ego and me being the founder and the CEO doesn't get in the way of this because then, you know, we discuss things, discuss projects, discuss ideas, and the best idea wins and not the best person wins, you know, and nobody cares who wins the, the, because we know that the idea can, can win. And I think establishing this kind of circle of trust, it, it, uh, the first, I mean, this idea for this came from the book Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull. It's how Pixar is doing, is evaluating the movies. It's the same. They have a proposal for the movie there, and there is the same bunch of people who evaluate the proposal and then they frankly can say whatever they think. And it's the same way here. We do this like this. And then uh, this way, I think, as you mentioned, uh, I'm not the dictator, but mm -hmm. I am you know, proposing stuff. And because I hired brilliant people, which uh, you know, these people are better than me in many respects, like they're better designers, better programmers, better you know, managers, then I can really tap on their intellect and on their thinking. And we can really decide what's best for the company going forward, for the team and for the app and not for me. You, you mentioned one book there and it made me think of another book that if you haven't read i think it would be yeah resonate with you very strongly there's a book by ray dalio called principles and it's definitely oh, i haven't read it definitely worth looking at he talks about this idea of an idea meritocracy where basically ideas can come from anywhere and, and ideas are based you know the selection of them is based on the merit of the idea not from the source and, and yeah i think you'd really enjoy it so cool thank you all right. Well, I, that brings us to the end. I think if people want to find out more, because you're actually quite an avid content producer yourself, whether it's <laughs> blogs and podcasts and a lot of what you do in, in that sort of getting things done space as well. If people want to find out more about you and, and Nosby, where's the best place to send them? Okay. So uh, to, to learn more about uh, Nosby and me, just go to N-O-Z-B-E, nosby.com slash Michael. So this is my kind of my business card. <laughs> and over there, you can, you know, you can see the app, but also you can, uh, there, there are links to my personal blog at stuwinski.com. You can see my podcast, the podcast where I can, sh where I share my ideas, where actually on one of the episodes of the podcast, the idea of the pyramid was kind of born and then links to all the blog posts I'm writing for also for the Nosby blog. So nosby.com slash Michael. And then there is everything that you can, and then of course, there's a way to contact me. So feel free to contact me as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Michael. Very generous with your ideas and time as well. So thanks again for joining the summit. Thank you. You've just been listening to the System Hub podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now.